me doing the math here, it's like, all right, mm-hmm. if I can get a good price for my stainless steel Apple Watch Series 6, go down to the aluminum version of the Apple Watch 7, but still- You might make a profit. I, I'll break even, or I may make a little profit. So it, one of those two things, you know, ask me next week <laughs> whether or not I'll have an Apple Watch Series 7. You're listening to the Snob OS Podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And welcome back to the Snob OS Show, uh, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. This is episode 144 of the Snob OS Show. So we definitely want to say thank you to all those folks that have been hanging in there. Definitely a special thank you to all of our uh, financial supporters via Patreon. We call them the snobbest. So we definitely mm-hmm. want to thank y'all for financially supporting the show. If you want to partake and support the show, definitely uh, hit us up. We're on patreon.com forward slash snobboscast. And we've got a couple of tiers that I think may be, you know, advantageous for you. We will definitely appreciate it. But uh, with that, uh, let's get into the actual show. Uh, we're going to get into the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. And the first thing I wanted to do is just um, uh, Apple did a, as they normally do every year, they do a, um, a commemoration of the, uh, death of Steve Jobs, uh, October 5th, which was earlier this week was the 10 year anniversary. And if I get it up on the screen here, uh, Apple did something special to commemorate Steve Jobs by, um, kind of giving him the, taking over uh, the front page of Apple's uh, website. So I just wanted to show you what that looks like while we kind of talk about it. Let's see here. Once I get it over here, <laughs> let's see. There we go. There we go. So yeah, they kind of um, uh, take over the Apple homepage, which is a big deal simply because, you know, that's where Apple makes all their money, you know, so the fact that they, you know, move their products, not necessarily off the homepage, but kind of down on the bottom of the homepage to commemorate uh, Steve Jobs is pretty big, you know, so I just thought that was cool. Uh, In addition to that, um, they put a special statement from Steve Jobs family, and I quote, for all of Steve's gifts, it was his power as a teacher that has endured. He taught us to be open to the beauty of the world to be curious around new ideas, to see around the next corner, and most of all, to stay humble in our own beginner's mind. So definitely uh, just wanted to put that out there and let people see, you know, kind of Apple um, showing love to their beloved uh, founder and the guy that pretty much revolutionized, you know, smartphones with the iPhone, you know, so we kind of all give him the Props for that. And just for, you know, starting Apple on the way to make it the, you know, trillion dollar, what, maybe three trillion, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Three trillion dollar company that they are now. So I just wanted to, you know, um, show Apple some love and Steve Jobs some love on that. Like I said, this is the 10 year anniversary. So they did something a little bit special uh, for that. Uh, just keep it moving, moving. We got a lot, like a couple of things to talk about. So keeping it moving. Uh, we now have a date for Apple Watch 7 pre-orders. They actually start this Friday. If you're listening or watching us on Friday, that means today you can now go and order your Apple Watch 7 uh, with the official launch coming the 15th of October, which is of course next Friday. You know, for those that don't know, Apple announced their new Apple Watch. Um, It's got a couple new colors. One of the most durable, uh, which is I, I huff and puff because <laughs> I told myself I didn't mm-hmm. need one. But mm-hmm. the fact that this is the most durable Apple Watch to date, whether it be the glass 
uh, for the actual display or the actual materials that they're using. Uh, the most durable Apple Watch to date, the, uh, a larger screen display. So it almost goes as edge. Uh, it's not completely, but almost there. And like I mentioned, it's got larger sizes, 41 millimeter and 45 millimeter. Uh, again, like I said, I don't need it. Uh, but mm -hmm. like I mentioned in the pre-show, you know, if I decide I want something, um, it don't take that much convincing. So <laughs> I want to say I'm going to pass, even though the slightly, smart, the slightly larger screen and the durability of the actual casing and the screen itself is definitely advantageous for me. Uh, what's going to be the kicker, which I haven't been able to find out yet because you can't pre, you can't normally what I do is when the pre-orders start on Friday, I'll set everything up beforehand using their, I guess you pre pre-order it and you mm -hmm. can pick the color, you can pick the band, you can set up your payment, whether you're going to do Apple pay, whether you're going to do Apple card, if you're going to order it through your carrier, if you get the cellular version, set all that up ahead of time. What you're also able to do is get a, quote for your trade-in. Uh, so what I wanted to do was same way what I did with the iPhone 13 was to go on the website, figure out what my trade-in cost is, figure out how much it's going to be, and then make that decision. I can't really do that for two reasons. Number one, the pre-pre-order thing isn't open. I don't know if they're waiting until a day before uh, in the past. I think I've been able to do it for up to the week up until the pre-order start, but for some, from, for some reason, I can't pre-pre-order the Apple Watch yet, so I can't, which is the second reason, I can't figure out the trade-in value. The trade-in value. Right. And the reason why, again, and I'll, I'll get your, get your uh, takes on this, um, I currently have the Apple Watch 6, but I have the stainless steel version, which is the middle mm -hmm. one up. The reason why I always get the stainless steel version is because it is more durable than the aluminum version. But since the Apple Watch 7 is supposed to be the most durable, <laughs> me doing the math here, it's like, all right, mm -hmm. if I can get a good price for my stainless steel Apple Watch Series 6, go down to the aluminum version of the Apple Watch 7, but still- You might make a profit. I, I'll break even, or I may make a little profit. So if one of those two things, you know, ask me next week <laughs> whether or not I'll have an Apple Watch Series Seven. You know, it's got to it's got to make sense. But if it makes a little bit of sense, I'll probably go ahead and get it. So uh, enough enough of that. Um, what is your take? Are you still uh, holding out, or uh, has anything convinced you? Just outside of just the date getting closer to actually being able to buy one, are you still now? Nah, I'm good. I'm. I don't know. So when the announcement, but when we were, you know, ramping up to um, Apple event week, I was pretty much keen on getting a new Apple watch because I have the series five and I have the aluminum because I like the color, mm -hmm. but um, I, I had every intention of getting the seven, but when I saw, you know, what it was bringing, I was like, mm, is it worth it? Is it not? I'm still on the fence. Mm -hmm. Again, talk to me on Friday uh, and see if I, um, you know, go for it or not. So right now it's about 50-50. Okay. All right. All right. Well, like I said, uh, we'll let you know uh, next week what we decide to do. Like I said, if I can, right. if I can break even, I might just pull the trigger. But if it's too much hoop or what Apple normally does, they lowball me to death on my trade-in, knowing that they're going to sell it to somebody else on triple that much. Mm -hmm. If I feel that's going on, I may I may hold tight because I really don't need it. But again, that has never stopped me before. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Exactly. All right. Uh, moving on to the next story here. Um, um, iOS 15.0.1 has been released. And reason why that's so important, nothing, they don't... Um, patch any sort of security bugs, no breaches, no leaks, anything like that. But if you notice, like I mentioned on air last week, that uh, I could no longer unlock my um, Apple, my iPhone 
with my face being covered because I was 15 dropped and that disabled or there was a bug that stopped you from being able to use your watch as another way to authenticate. To for iPhone 13 only though. For I iPhone 13 specific. Uh, yeah, okay. So for iPhone 13 specific, which is why I was having that reason because mm-hmm. I bought an iPhone 13. So iOS 15.0.1 fixes that for iPhone 13 users. So if you are an iPhone uh, 13 user and you do have an Apple watch, that is hella convenient to be able to unlock your uh, phone with your face if you have a mask on. So definitely download that. It takes about uh, about seven, eight minutes to uh, install that. So I did that for myself and my wife, which you know, she, my wife, any, any sort of technological barrier, she's done with it. So I had to make sure... Right. <laughs> that was on there so she could uh, unlock it with her uh, mask on. So is she, are you going to get her a new Apple watch? I am not. Uh, I am not because she could care less. <laughs> so, uh, and she, she wears, not- she's, she wears hers in a way that I had never thought to wear it. How she wears that? it with the digital crown on the bottom instead of on the top. Because she wears it on her right hand. Instead of most people, most right-handed people wear their watch on the left hand. Mm-hmm. She wears it on her right hand. So the to reach over, she's got to flip the watch all the way around so she can get to the buttons mm-hmm. real quick. And you can do that with the Apple Watch. You can change the orientation. So that's why. Right. So, yep. So like I said, for all those people out there trying to figure out why their new phone could not unlock with a mask on, iOS 15.0.1 fixes that. And again, we were... Well, I'll say I will. I'll speak for myself. Was in the kind of gotcha because there were people that said that we could possibly get other things in this fix for the mask feature, uh, for the mask bug, but they were wrong. This uh, this uh, 15.0.1 release only fixes what's broken. Nothing <laughs> new added. No share play. No share play. Uh, no no digital wallets. Upgrades for the driver's license or COVID. Or the COVID vaccination Mm. cards. They've got us waiting. They've got us in the serious holding pattern with those things and with the MacBooks that I'm definitely getting one of those because I need Definitely. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I was waiting, hoping this week they would send out announcements, maybe next week. So, hopefully... Next yeah, because we're week. already in the second week of October, uh-huh. or technically still the first week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, next week will be the second of October. So hopefully uh, next week we'll have some uh, good news. And Tuesday's already passed, so it won't be the following Tuesday. So maybe we'll get the announcement Tuesday coming, and then the actual release. I don't know. I don't right. know. They're running out of time. Yeah, right. For us, anyway. <laughs> For us, yeah. On our timetable, because that's what matters most. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my last story in the lowdown, uh, UK researchers find an Apple Pay transit exploit. So if you're not familiar, uh, uh, Express Tran- Transit is a Apple Pay feature that allows you to do tap and go payment at, you know, um, train stops, bus stations, um, any sort of mass transit, you know, whether wh- whatever your whatever your city has. But the benefit of Express Transit makes it different than just doing a Apple Wallet thing is you don't have to authenticate who you are. Once you set Express Express Transit up, you add a card that you want to use. You don't have to unlock with your thumb, your face, watch or anything. You just tap your phone on the, you know, payment, um, the 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 payment, whatever the the, the point of sale thing. And uh, it lets you in. So the UK researchers, what they were able to do is they created a fake uh, reader to make contactless payments that deducted over a thousand pounds from a locked phone. Again, you don't have to unlock your phone to do the transit. So they were able to uh, create this fake reader that then was able to wave it close to the phone and actually fake a contactless payment. And they were able to deduct some money. So the uh, researchers did mention that the attack might be easiest to deploy against a stolen iPhone, although there's no evidence that the hack has been used in the wild. Visa said payments were secure and attacks of this type were impractical outside of a lab. So a little bit of reassuring, you know, even though 
you know, um, they were able to do this to try to reproduce this in the wild or out in the public would be, you know, a big feat, you know, but <laughs> that don't mean ain't nobody not trying out there. So, right. you know, uh, and having, maybe someone yeah. now has the idea because they said that it doesn't make sense in the real world. You know how hackers are Given right. the challenge. They are up for it. So you may have, you know, outed yourself a little bit and now you may have some people who are specifically going to make it their mission right. to prove you wrong that this is just a lab type scenario even though again we know that there are multiple use cases but in most instances people use it for the standard purposes they are outliers that you know can possibly work but how likely are they to right even if that's the case right apple said um that's not our problem. Uh, they pretty much <laughs> threw Visa under the bus. And to quote, we take any threat to user security very seriously. This is a concern with a Visa system, but Ooh. Visa does not believe this kind of fraud is likely to take place in the real world, like I mentioned before, given the multiple layers of security in place in an unlikely event that an unauthorized payment does occur. Visa has made it clear that their cardholders are protected by Visa's zero liability policy. So basically- Apple's say, like, look, uh, don't come see me if this happens to you. Go talk right. to them. This is don't not be, our problem. Don't be, don't be calling <laughs> Apple support. Don't, right. be, don't be trying to make no claim on your Apple card or your Apple Pay or whatever. That's that's Visa. That's, we told you up is, front, this ain't right. this not us. My name is Paul and that's between y'all. But- <laughs> My name is Ain't in it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But the fact that Visa said, you know, if this in the unlikely event that this does happen, you know, we'll make sure, you know, we uh, got you covered. So all that to say, probably if you're not using Express Transit, don't hook it up, don't connect it. And even if you are using transit like that, you may want to jump through the extra hoops of doing the Apple page where you got to take your phone out, unlock it, you know, do the Apple Pay thing and pick which cards you want to use. It may take a couple, three, five seconds when I can imagine in New York to where they want to get through there fast, right? Right. So probably this express transit is most beneficial to them, but what's three seconds to go right. through the process of unlocking your watch and holding it over the thing versus, mm -hmm. you know, possibly having to be on the phone with Visa trying to figure out how you can get your money back. Right. <laughs> and if I'm reading this, did they say this happened on Android as well? They did um, no, they, they, you, an emulator? Um, yeah, well, so they used a Android emulator to oh uh, they, to, to create okay. yeah gotcha. they used an Android phone gotcha. to make it into a reader, so gotcha. that's how they were able to do it. You know, uh, so yeah, um, pay attention to what you're doing, especially with the Express Transit, and I think that's going to do it for the lowdown. Uh, we're going to move right into uh, second string for all of my Windows folks, uh, PC heads. Uh, Microsoft uh, rolls out Windows 11 uh, starting this week, uh, starting Tuesday. If you're listening to this, Windows is already rolled. Windows 11 is already rolled out. Uh, will be available as a free download to existing Windows users. Um, phased and measured approach to introducing new operating system will begin Windows 10 PCs that come preloaded Windows. Users will be notified when they're eligible for the update from now through mid 2022. So I uh, just want to give that heads up out there to all my Windows users. Again, I couldn't tell you what the uh, new features are. According to this uh, story I'm reading, CNN Business uh, features a handful of notable design changes, including a new interface that is intended to bring a sense of calm and ease. A new start menu shows recently opened files, regardless of which device was used, and a new personalized widgets feed powered by artificial intelligence promises to provide a faster way to access apps. So uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you want more details, go over to the homie Scott Hanselman's uh, mm -hmm. Twitter and get all of the details because mm -hmm. he will have them, whereas we do not. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> But, you know, again, there are a lot of people out there who are iPhone users. You know, they use AirPods, they use Apple Watch. But when it comes to their computer, they have a Windows, which it might know, work when it's a PC. So, eh. right, right. And um, using specifically Microsoft's products, you know, Office, 
you know, Microsoft 365 mm-hmm. have pretty much become ubiquitous to, no, no matter what device you're using. So it's yeah. quite easy for you to have a mixture, right? For you to have mm-hmm. an Android phone, have a iPad, and then have a Windows PC, and they still all work together, you know, whether it be, you know, using the cloud for data storage, using the cloud for photos and videos, and using Microsoft products in the cloud. So all you need is an internet connection. So that whole ecosystem thing, while very, very, very um, beneficial, ain't that much of a big deal nowadays, especially now, you know, like we mentioned with iOS 15 back a couple of weeks ago, you know, you can do FaceTime with Android and Windows users. So I just make sure to all of my Windows people out there, you know, there is some new hotness out there that's rolling out. So you might want to, you know, get on your, your refreshes, make sure you got a backup. And when Windows 11 rolls out, you may want to cop that. Yep. All right. The next story, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp goes down, down. Down, all the way down to the ground. I'm pretty sure, you know, the, the, not pretty sure. I know for a fact that the, uh, internet noticed and, you know, um, hilarity ensued specifically on Twitter, you know, which is where everybody went. Uh, some people went to signal, which is a messaging app. Some people went to telegram. Some people went to discord Pretty much everybody went to Twitter <laughs> to talk about <laughs> pretty much yeah to, to get talk the jokes about, off right to talk about Facebook going down, uh, talk about our conspiracy theories on what happened, uh, to talk about you know just the hilarity ensues. So those are pretty good memes. You know everybody's having a pretty good time, including the brands. We're having a good time. You know, uh, Twitter jumped in there. You know, they put a tweet up that said, welcome literally everyone because they kind of knew everybody was coming over to Twitter because their servers got hot. <laughs> so they knew <laughs> that uptick in traffic was coming. Hot like fire. Mm-hmm. TikTok and, you know, all these other companies joined in on it, which as is par for the course nowadays, you know, the yeah. popularity of brands getting in on the daily what's going on on social media is tend to tend to benefit them to show that they're, you know, got the, 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 the finger on the pulse of what's mm-hmm. going on. So they made sure to jump into it. So I guess I wanted to ask you before we get into the actual reason or maybe some uh, explanation, uh, what do you think in your opinion happened or the reason behind why it happened? I think it's a couple of things. Um, the block was hot after that 60 minutes interview. Okay. Okay. Everybody was on Facebook's ass because like, <laughs> what? But should they really be surprised? Right. That's my right. thing. You know, people that were so surprised, I was like, we live through Cambridge Analytica. Right. We shouldn't be too surprised about this. We right. lived through the beef that they've had, you know, with Apple. Uh-huh. You know, we've lived through these type of things. Mm-hmm. Now uh, you know, I did see some some tweets about, you know, DNS and I was like, let me go and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was quite suspicious to me that the name server appeared to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was fully gone. I think some of the records were dropped. But again, it's easy. If you got a backup, it's easy to restore um, that back. Um, but I just found it extremely suspicious that this whistleblower comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, they had to have some kind of idea that the story was coming. It, it, I don't know if, if they were able, the, um, what was this, um, was it 60 minutes? I don't know mm-hmm. if 60 minutes was able to completely keep this in the dark from getting back to someone at Facebook for mm-hmm. them to be aware. I putting on my tinfoil hat is just very suspicious to me that she got so much data and information from I'm assuming her well from her time there that she can back up exactly what she was saying. I tenfold hat on. My first thought was, mm-hmm. they dropped, they took everything offline. They are scrubbing their servers. Mm-hmm. They are doing security checks to see who has access, what, when, where, how. Who might have helped her on the inside still, if she still Mm -hmm. had people there, if she didn't get everything she wanted. So you bring up a good point that I haven't heard before. I haven't heard this before. I've heard people say, 
that um, uh, they uh, Facebook wanted to show the world after this whole 60 minutes thing. So let, let's get into it. Right. So okay. what you're mentioning is um, a Facebook whistleblower. Her name was Frances uh, Hagen. Uh, Hagen. I think that's we'll her name. that. Uh, Sorry for mispronouncing the girl, but that's what we're going with. She did a 60 <laughs> minutes interview and claimed the company is aware, not, you know, we're trying, you know, we're trying to fix it. You know, uh, they're aware of how its platforms are used to spread hate, violence, and misinformation, and that Facebook has tried to hide the evidence. The, ish, the interview followed weeks of reporting about criticism of Facebook after Hagen released thousands of pages of internal documents to regulators and the Wall Street Journal. Thousands of pages of internal documents that she smuggled out of Facebook. So, that gets me to your point. I've heard people say Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook shut down Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp to show the world that you need us. And if all this uh, uh, Senate regulations go through and mm. government gets in on shutting down or regulating, quote unquote, free speech, you know, um, this is what life might may be if the government interferes. So they kind of mm. wanted to give people a taste of what it would look. A warning shot. Right, exactly. Now what you said makes even more sense to a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying this is the actual <laughs> thing, but <laughs> the fact that Facebook went down to cover the fact that they wanted to go in and make sure that the information she was able to get out of Facebook, they sew up those uh, holes and tie that up real quick and get those loose ends on the cover that, oh, our bad, Facebook is down. Some stuff mm -hmm. happened with DNS. The the roadmap to Facebook got taken down because of some uh, maintenance stuff, right? Uh, mm -hmm. What really happened is we took down Facebook to plug these uh, leaks and plug these holes to figure out, to make sure, one, to figure out how she got all the information out of Facebook, mm -hmm. two, make sure this never happens again. So I, I And to see if anybody, and see if anybody helped her because she hasn't been there her. for a while. And yeah. I'm pretty sure after all this happened, because it was down so long, I'm sure all of their cybersecurity experts, they were putting in additional checks on the server. They mm -hmm. were checking back doors. They are, uh -huh. they probably put backdoor systems on there that are running in the background to see who clicks on what file, mm -hmm. who opened what file. Who saves one file? Who emails it? If you're mm -hmm. using a thumb drive, who's popping in thumb drives? Because who use thumb drives anymore? Right. You know, I'm thinking that their cybersecurity people, their their defense uh, folks, were like, you know, let's break out the let's break the seal on the red envelope mm -hmm. and enact all these crazy restrictions that we thought, you know, what we might do this one day. Ha ha ha. Let's see if it's funny. It. I think that is likely what happened. Because this was a huge breach and she does have records to support everything that she said. So now they're like, mm, we are in a bind. How right. are we going to get out of this? Right, right. So uh, conspiracy theorists off. Let me give you the reason, according to Facebook, the as to what happened. Reason. Right. Our engineering teams have learned that configuration changes on the backbone routers that coordinate network traffic between our data centers caused issues that interrupted this communication. The disruption to the to network traffic had a cascading effect on the way our data centers communicated, bringing our services to a halt. Uh, the representative said no evidence that user data was compromised as a result of this downtime. Uh, uh, as a result of this downtime, so basically, Facebook's DNS servers, which is pretty much the Internet's GPS to actually find Facebook stopped announcing its location to the rest of the Internet. So when we all go to Facebook like we normally do, the Internet said, hey, where's Facebook? We can't find it because Facebook DNS servers were offline. They couldn't find it. So instead of trying to route you to another data center, you couldn't because everything from Facebook, pretty much Facebook dropped off the Internet for six to seven hours. According to the uh, Facebook guy, he says it was due to uh, maintenance, 
But again, um, mm. the fact that they had to make sure the, the speculation that they had to take down Facebook in order to plug the, some of these leaks to figure out what actually went down, mm-hmm. how this lady was able to get all of this information, this factual, actual information. It's not hearsay. This is not stuff that she was able to piece together or surmise mm-hmm. based on this date over here and this date over here. And she extrapolated it to put it into some sort of theory. This is actual information cold hard facts that facebook she had all the receipts right that facebook knows Mm -hmm. that the information that they people are spreading on social media is hurtful and is harmful and incorrect um again you know nobody no company wants to hear that but the fact that she was also able to show that they then tried to hide that research you know just doesn't look good on Facebook. Again, like I said, this is Friday. Uh, you'll probably be, um, by the time you listen to this, it'll be Friday. So she's already uh, went to a congressional hearing. Yep. Right, right. She's already went before the, the Senate and already released all of this extra information on top of her, you know, insight. You know, so Facebook is, um, as per usual, you know, got to dig out of a hole. Um, their stock prices are down. Uh, they try to rebound a little bit, but then they drop back down again, trying to figure out what is what can the government do to police is not the right word. Regulate is not the word I want to use, because, again, uh, uh, Senator Blumenthal, did you see this story about Sen- Senator Blumenthal trying to talk to a Facebook executive earlier yes. talking about shutting down a Finsta? You know, so uh, tell me story. how you gotta be able to shut down Finstas. Right, and the so executive had to explain to him what a Finsta was. Right. Long again, story short, to, and again, going back to some other, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, having people in office who understand this mm-hmm. so they don't look stupid is is pertinent. But go ahead, yeah, yeah. Right, no, so long story short, um, uh, Finsta stands for fake Instagram account, and it's not even a fake Instagram. Instagram account in the traditional fake way is what slang for kids, what they call a alternative Facebook or Instagram account. The That's Instagram a little... fits, but they don't want their parents to see. Exactly. They've got the, the, the public facing Instagram mm-hmm. account that's all, you know, daffodils and, oh, I'm having a great day and I I'm love my life. I'm drinking milk in my juice. Yeah. Right, right. All the good stuff that they, you know, wouldn't mind the public seeing. And then they have their real account that mm-hmm. they actually really use. So it's not fake in the sense that they're creating these fake accounts to do something nefarious, to fraud or d- defraud or scam or hurt. It's just their public one and then the real one. So they call that. And their kids. Right, right. That's what they And we all did it as well, but we didn't have technology. So we had to, you know, find, you know, other ways. This is their way of being sneaky. Right, right. Exactly. So uh, that's the term that they use called a finsta. So my man, (laughs) I think Senator Blumenthal, I think is his name. He thought that finsta was an actual product, an actual thing that Facebook controlled. So he's talking to some Facebook or uh, Instagram executive trying to get to the bottom of these Finstas. And he's asking the lady, are, can you, are you committing to shutting down Finsta? And she was like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not how this works. Uh, the question is dumb. I can't figure out how to answer it because you clearly don't know what's going on. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, it, it just somebody gave to, you a buzzword and you ran with it and you ran with it, but it goes to I the large, socialism, right? <laughs> but uh, it goes to the larger point that is this the government that we want regulating the internet? You know, of course they're not regulating the internet, but Facebook is pretty much next to YouTube and Google, probably the largest platform service on the internet. So But it's still a private company though. Right, right. Which is what made a um, made a good point uh with um the whistleblower Frances Haig. I'm saying her name wrong. I'm sorry. Um she made a point to where it's like, okay, well, you don't have to regulate the internet. You just have to amend a specific part uh that 
doesn't make Facebook liable for free speech said on their platform, but they need to be responsible for the algorithm that decides what people see. Because her one of her main thing was not only does Facebook hide research that says misinformation, hate speech, all these other things, um, they don't do anything about it. It's good for business because we love drama. And the more things that get us angry, to get us argumentative, to get us talking back and forth, tends to do better on their platforms than things that help. You know, positive images, positive content doesn't really get Facebook bank. So instead of them saying, "Okay, well, let's try to regulate ourselves. Let's try to do a better job of balancing the hateful and the negative with the positive. Yeah, we just going to run with this negative stuff because it makes us more money. So Mm -hmm. what she's saying is make them responsible for that. And then that's something that they could have a better shot of regulating versus trying to regulate free speech on the internet as a whole, because, you know, you really don't want that. Cause again, point being <laughs> these government officials out here, they ain't the most savvy. So do we want, you know, internet regulation to be in the hands of somebody who doesn't know what a fence is, right? No. <laughs> and that's the bare minimum. I mean, right. what was, I think there was some guy, something with his iPhone, he was asking the exec or something about basically essentially like, working his iPhone or something. Uh-huh. It was, I mean, and again, like I said, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's one of those things where the average age of our elected officials is much older and less tech savvy uh-huh. and tech less tech aware. They don't really understand. They don't even understand the jargon. They don't understand the slang. So, you know, they have no idea really on the hardcore guts of the tech behind this. You mm-hmm. would think that they would have young enough staffers that could handle and, you know, explain this to them in a way that they can understand it and mm-hmm. ask intelligent questions. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that doesn't seem to be the case. Or, or they do, but well, what a lot of these officials do is they get on the internet, they get in front of these cameras and they showboat in grandstand and mm-hmm. they go off script. The, uh-huh. the staffers probably was like, look, this is what it is. This is what we suggest you ask. Here's the background information. But then they get on camera talking about, hey, Vinsta, I need you to shut that down. And the staff was like, that's not what we told you to say. And that's not <laughs> how it works. You're making us all and that, And that's very well true because mm-hmm. ego plays into a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. They want to be the mm-hmm. first one to say something. They want to get the dig in. They want to mm-hmm. own the libs or gotcha. You know, they want to do the gotcha, the gotcha hot takes. Big gotcha hot takes. Mm-hmm. And um, they end up making themselves look fairly ignorant. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, again, like I said, Facebook is back. Uh, We'll see how long we'll see if they come back in the same, you know, like I said, breath after uh, this whistleblower gets put through her paces, you know, with Congress. I'm pretty sure she's not done. I'm pretty sure we're going to see her on the Internet, on the television, on the news for a long on time. On all because, the talk shows, yeah. Because, yeah, again, because people uh, people have been trying to get at Facebook for a while and mm-hmm. Facebook, for the most part, has been pretty evasive, you know, whether it be yeah. through lobbyists whether it just be through, look, the internet is the internet. What can we do? You know, they've Mm -hmm. been able to evade a lot of this stuff, but now there's actual hard evidence that says Facebook, no, Facebook knows that things are crazy and they go ahead and let it pass because it makes us more money, you know? So, all right. All right. So that is it for second string. We had another story, but I'm going to get to this next one in for the culture. Um, your girl, uh, your girl, <laughs> ESPN personality Sage Steele. Uh, she heats up the web with comments on sexuality and racial identity. Um, so just to kind of uh, she did an interview with Jay Cutler, which was a quarterback, mediocre at best quarterback at best. No Trumper. Right. At best, you know, he has a podcast out and he had a Sage Steele, an African-American woman who, you know. Oh, was, are you sure? Are you talking <laughs> about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you, uh, uh, you, to, to, to get a little bit into the story, we got to find out who her mom and daddy was, right? 
Um, oh, I think we know who her mom and daddy was, but we know who she preferred <laughs> to be. But keep going. Right. So um, <laughs> she went on this podcast and talked about a myriad of things. But the two things that kind of jumped out the most uh, that got the most attention was how she thinks or what she believes who is responsible uh, based on, you know, whether it be reporters or just women, how they dress in general. Uh, her comments were, um, when you dress like that, according to women and some of the people, some of the people who have come up to her for advice, people who she has observed, you know, just the way how things work according to her. When you dress she like that. She doesn't define the that. She doesn't right. define the that. Right. Which on, you know, she's, you know, I'm not, I don't be watching ESPN hard like that to find out what people are wearing, but she wears some stuff as well. So, but I'll continue. When you dress like that, I'm not saying you deserve the gross comments, gross comments, but you know what you're doing when you put that outfit on too. So basically, you know, it kind of goes to the, um, what's the phrase? Blame, victim blaming. Victim blaming. You know. Slut now, shaming she, even. Right, right. Now she did mention that, you know, um, you know, men sharing a responsibility, but it's it's the 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 It's like the equal responsibility when it's not. And, and and even if it was equal responsibility, it's like why don't the as much attention is put on the party that's doing the most damage It's always, you know, we got to make sure you're, you know, we, and we talked about this for mm-hmm. make sure you carry your whistle and make sure you know your surroundings and make sure you're, you know, you got your keys in your palm so you can strike somebody and make sure you cover your drink and make sure Don't you know who you're talking to and Don't make sure people know, you know, all of this attention focused on the victim and not nearly the same amount of tension is put on the perpetrator or the responsible party. So this is just another example of, which is surprisingly a woman, you know, siding, yeah, <laughs> siding with the idea that the one that bears uh, the most responsibility is the victim, right? Right. So that was just one of the comments. The, right. So oh, let me just ahead. say, let me add go to ahead. that too. So the thing is, with with her and what she's saying, it's one of those things where you are trying to put the onus on the woman or whatever. There are plenty of women who support the patriarchy. There are plenty mm-hmm. of women who feed into, you know, patriarchy and mm-hmm. making sure that women, quote unquote, know their place. There are tons of women. Have you seen Handmaid's Tale? There are plenty mm-hmm. of women mm-hmm. who buy into mm-hmm. that as well. Yep. Yep. So what I was going to try to do is I'm going to maybe show, cause I don't want to, I want to make sure that I, um, get her quotes. I don't want to misquote her. So let right. me share this screen. See if you can hear the audio. Um, would, would, can you hear that? Yeah. Here's the thing. There is a fine line and I handled it. Like I yeah. didn't get anybody's, that's not my person. It wasn't my personality then. I might now a little more. Um, but I do think as women, we need to be responsible as well. It isn't just on players and athletes mm-hmm. and coaches to act a certain way. I mean, I've had talks with young women who like would come in and they'd intern um, with, with me, with our channel, or just other women who reach out to me now. And I've said to the, a couple of them, they're like, well, would you look at my tape? Would you do this? And, I, and I've said, listen, I would love to, but the way that you present yourself is not something I want to be associated with. Yeah. So when you dress like that, yeah. I'm not saying you deserve the gross comments, but you know what you're doing when you're putting that outfit on too. Yeah. I mean, women are smart. So don't play coy and put it all on the guys when we, and again, I'm not saying anybody deserves anything, Yes. but we need to be responsive <laughs> women too. Cause we know you gotta, you gotta be careful when always somebody says something and they mm-hmm. follow it with a, but <laughs> when so, they have to qualify it because yeah. my, I've heard is if someone says, but everything before that statement is negative. Or, or they don't, or they don't really, they don't even believe it. It's just right. like, let me just say right. this thing to sound better for mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. What <laughs> I really want to say. The real thing I really want to say. Right. Yeah, like you said, right, right. So then, yeah. in, and in I the, love the whole right. gross comments. I love how she's equating gross comments to sexual harassment. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's that's all gross comments are. You know, sexual harassment. It's just gross comments. Yeah, just gross comments. Not just gross really. Comments. Yeah, like you said, not 
something serious. Exactly, exactly. So then the second thing that kind of got really everybody up in arms, which is (laughs) crazy. We'll talk about this, man. Um, You know, and I'll give you a preference, right? I'd not preference. I give you some uh, uh, background information for those who, you you know, if you remember, uh, Jamel Hill Mm -hmm. uh, had some big beefs with ESPN Mm-hmm. As it relates to her comments about Donald, Donald Trump, Trump. Mm-hmm. being a, you know, white supremacist and a racist, which, you know, debatable at at, at least, you know, factual at the best. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN sat down with her and said, hey, we don't agree with these comments. We've talked to her about that. We don't play when it comes to and I'm paraphrasing. We don't play when it comes to, you know, these kind of comments, her views are not expressed all the typical things like mm-hmm. you bad girl sit down shut up right but then you know like i said um say still in this also in this um this uh, uh interview you know she is also talking to about which is so weird as it relates to uh why is she President even talking Obama. about this right like, this right came out of left field like this man hasn't been in office in how long now yeah right all right, so let me let me play it back. And it was just like a dig. She just wanted to dig. So I'll just let it play and then we'll kind of break it down. If you can let me know if you can hear it. Uh, when you fill out your census, I'm like, well, I don't know when the last time I filled out my census was, but yeah. if they make you choose a race, yeah. she's like, We're gonna put it. I go, Well, vote. She's like, Well, you can't. He goes, Well, what if Barack Obama chose black and he's biracial? I'm like, Well, congratulations to the president. That's his thing. I go, I think that's fascinating consider considering his Black, that was nowhere to be found, but it's white mom and grandma racing. But hey, mm-hmm. you do you. I'm going to do me. Uh, <laughs> That's just first so... of all, And first of all, they don't ask for your race on the census. Right. First. <laughs> number first one. stage still. That's first. <laughs> and second, anybody looking at that man is going to call him a black man. I don't care if Jesus, even though Jesus is not black, even if American United States flag bearing Jesus what they think he looks like was <laughs> this man's daddy. They don't say he a black man. They look at you, sis, and they see a black woman. I don't care your mama white. They see a black woman. You right. can't even pass. Mm-hmm. If you and wanted to, if that was even still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she took a dig at the president of the, uh, well, at a president of the United States, you know, and his the, dad. right, right. It, to, to insinuate to insinuate that he somehow was ashamed of his white side by voluntarily choosing to identify as African-American, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just tasteless and, and just low hanging fruit. It's just, just shame. Just, and she didn't have to do that. And because again, that's what she really wanted to say. And she felt like yeah. she had this platform where she finally could get some things off her chest. This yeah. is not the first time that she said yeah. some kind of crazy things, you know, as it relates to as it comments. Relates, right. As it relates to race, as it relates to a lot of different things. So this is kind of most damaging stuff. But then again, like I mentioned with um, uh, Jamel Hill's comments with ESPN, you know, uh, ESPN ended up suspending uh, uh, Sage still for I don't know how long I haven't re- did the research. I think on. it's a week. I think but, it's a week. Yeah, but they put out a comment, a very, very, you know, uh, we, 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 we. It we, says, "quote At okay. ESPN, we embrace different points of view. Dialogue and discussion makes this place great. That said, we expect those points of view to be expressed respectfully." in a manner consistent with our values and in line with our internal policies. We have had direct conversations with Sage and those conversations will remain private. Right, right. So totally different. I mean, completely different than the uh, shame on you, girl, shut up, you know, um, statement that they put when in and the response. And they said about Jamel Hill. Okay, go ahead. Quote, the comments on Twitter from Jamel Hill regarding the president do not represent the position of ESPN. We have addressed this with Jamil and she recognizes her actions were inappropriate. <laughs> no. Two completely polar opposite right. statements. Right. So, uh, on two presidents. Right. 
about the same type of uh, undertones, you know, and overt, you know, messages as it relates to, you know, racism and race. So I guess my uh, question to you, I guess I would want to ask is, uh, is the two comments or the two um, statements put out by ESPN, uh, the difference in those, is this an example of growth from ESPN? You know, they, 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 well, you answered it. I was going to try to elaborate a little bit more. Keep elaborating. I'll say it again. (laughs) They um, maybe saw the ways that they could, they misstepped with how they handled the situation with Jamel Hill. And now uh, Sage still gets to benefit from that growth and how they deal with their employees' comments when they're not on their, you know, ESPN platform, you know, in Jamel's case, she says something on Twitter in Sage Steele's case, she says something on a podcast, totally unrelated to their employer, no ABC, no Disney, you know, none of that on their personal time. They made these, both made these comments and ESPN looked at it and said, oh, you know, we probably maybe need to respect that the, our employees are people and they're going to have opinions outside of the image that we want them to portray and we're learning. Is that the case or is there, is there something else here? <laughs> I say, I say, I said no. And I stand by that. But the reason I said no is it's the same people making the decisions. Right. I don't think that they have had some great awakening over the course of a year or two that has led them to this point where they are so quote unquote woke or so self-aware that they are now going to, you know, take into consideration the feelings of their employees because they haven't, you know, this whole sage steel thing, this isn't the first time that some sort of controversy has come up on Twitter or Facebook or some other medium with their talent. And they haven't handled it with kid gloves the same way. It's not, they have not. Mm -hmm. And you know, I saw someone, you know, on Twitter talking about ma- saying the same thing that you were kind of alluding to. Maybe they've changed. Maybe they're they're growing. They are not. It's mm-hmm. the content of these of these two different people in very similar circumstances. They're just talking about different people and mm-hmm. they have not made. I think that change in ethos, that change in philosophy, I just think because it is. Trump related. It is Sage Steele who lets, you know, white people she'll Touch lean her on hair. the table and let them pull her mm-hmm. hair. It's like, oh, it is real. Yes. So Goodness. and she's one of the right. And she's one of those people who, if she could pass, in my opinion, mm-hmm. if she, based on her looks, mm-hmm. if she could pass for white and pretend not to be black, she would do it in a freaking heartbeat. She okay. separates herself so much from the Black community, the Black culture, anything related to Black, she's like, ooh, that's not me. I'm a special snowflake. I'm not one of those regular Black people. I'm a different kind of Black person. And technically, Mm -hmm. I'm not Black. I'm mixed because my mom is white and my dad is Black. And I want to celebrate both of my heritages (laughs) because they are equally as important, equally make me up. Blah, 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 blah. Most Black, or let me say most genetically biracial people that are celebrities, they claim black because in most instances, parents are honest with their children, especially when it comes to race mm-hmm. and say, um, yes, mommy's white. Mommy loves you. You're a part of me, blah, 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 blah. But the world is going to see you as black. And mm-hmm. I think being honest with children of mixed heritage, whether it's black and white, whether it's black and Asian, whether it's white and Asian, whatever the iterations are, when you are an ethnic minority, that seems to be permeate. more prep permeate mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. genetics and physicality than the opposite way around. There's no way that she could say that she was white because she has a white parent. There's just no way physically that she would be able to say that. But again, we are a visual society. Whatever we see, that's what we call you. That's right. how they can call, you know, a Korean person, a Chinese person. How they can call a uh, Mexican person uh, El Salvador. That's because they have their limited scope of what people are of 
ethnicity and race be kicking people's butt up right. and down yeah, the timeline. It, it, it does. And um, it's okay. It is okay. It is perfectly fine for you to celebrate both right. of your heritages. We There are tons of biracial people out there who are able, without all this headache, without all this stress, you know, are able to enjoy and celebrate all of their heritage. The problem with people like Sage is they tend to take one side and look at that in a different light than the other side as a direct reflection of how society, you know, like you said, society, you know, uh, melanin, African-American, dark skin tends to permeate when you are mixed or biracial. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of, there are some people maybe like Sage who wants to outwardly reject that mm -hmm. and for for on purpose or by accident she focuses tries to un, to do the balance and it just comes out wrong because like i said she's trying to wait i'm white too i want to celebrate that heritage but instead of her saying i celebrate both of my heritage she says all this stuff that right. equates to you know gives gives people the impression that you have an issue with your one side of your heritage and we can tell and we can see it and it shows. Right. Right. You don't have to denigrate one side of your family uh -huh. to uplift the other side. Exactly. She can be she can be equally proud of both parts uh -huh. without having to make one seem less than the other. Right, right. And that's frequently yeah. <laughs> what she what does. she does. Yeah. You know, for what? I don't know. Is she trying to get kudos? You know, is she trying to? I think it's the whole job? assimilation thing. I think okay. it's, I think, I think she's married. I think her husband's white. Uh -huh. Nothing wrong with that. Whoever you love, go for it. Get down, funky town. But I, for people, to me, for people like her, it appears, it may not be the case, but it appears that she does that to further kind of erase and or, wash away or, or back away or separate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's um, really, it's unfortunate for her. Um, I feel bad for her in that respect because honestly, I love being a black woman. Mm -hmm. It's pretty freaking dope. And, you know, not, you know, being willing to be open to that is really a disservice to her because she's, she's missing out on just being, you know, her best self by accepting all of who she is. Right. And it's just right. sad that she feels that she has to, you know, down her black side in order to make her white side. Right. And it's a vicious cycle because privilege. I've heard, because yeah. I've heard, you know, I don't have any sort of proof on this whatsoever. <laughs> but I've heard, right. That I've heard that many of the, her black colleagues don't mess with her at ESPN. There yep. was a particular, um, conference or a particular panel about African-Americans, uh, uh, cultural um, conversations, either at ESPN or in journalists or whatever the case may be. And she was not invited. Mm -hmm. And either, and maybe that kind of rubs her the wrong way to say, okay, same thing with Alfonso. R Roberto. But that's what you want though. But that's but do, but okay. So it may be, again, I don't know. And what I'm not comes a therapist. For kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you feel this negativity. So you are put yourself on defense or you combat that, mm -hmm. you know, again, by not celebrating both sides will say, okay, well, I'm getting hate from this one reason. Let me flock from this mm -hmm. one side. Rather, let me flock to this other side. So then that leads her to say, okay, well, I'm not quote unquote accepted by one side and say, okay, well, let me find refuge let me find safe haven in this other side but the reason the there's a good possibility that the reason why you're getting so much negativity so much you feel this weird air around this one group is because you put that off yeah <laughs> and, and i was as reading a result some, people respond that in they're, they're respond to what you put out there and, and it, i also read somewhere mm -hmm. that it's not just you know, you think we, we hear about the race stuff, but apparently 
it's not just the black people and the black women that didn't really fool with her at ESPN. Women didn't because right. she was the kind of person that would want to put other women down, which I can see when she was talking about the whole outfit thing. Mm-hmm. She wants to kind of be the top. Uh, I'm the special one. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, the, the model, would, the, the prototype. Yeah. 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 And yeah, she would, you know, try and stunt the growth of, of other women. She would try to um, kind of push them out of, of things that she wanted. So I think she just really has some issues that um, would best be served by talking with a licensed professional or um, getting hired by Fox. <laughs> <laughs> she could find her home there. Those could be her people. Right, those are, hey, hey, you find your people, you know, more power to you, I suppose. Right. But let's stop playing coy. You know, let's. Yeah. Yeah. Don't games. play. Yeah. Don't play coy. Cause Girl, we, see it, we can read. We see it through it. Yes. Lies. Yeah. Yes, there's no do. camouflage. There's no hiding. Mm-hmm. The world knows what right. it is. All right. All right. So that is it for, for the culture. Let's move into the hookup uh, real quick. Um, with iOS 15 uh, came a feature called separation alerts. So if you have your iPhone and you have your Apple watch and you set your phone down and you actually leave, you can get a alert on your watch and this example to let you know that your iPhone has been quote unquote left behind. So basically how you set this up, of course, you got to have two devices, whether it be a phone, you know, your iPad, your MacBook or whatever the case may be. Uh, we'll use a phone, for example. You can go into Find My, go into the Find My app, select your devices at the bottom toolbar and indicate which devices you like to receive notifications for. So in my case, I want to receive notifications for my phone. I go to find my, go to devices, select my phone, and then turn on the notifications where I like to receive notifications for. Now, the next time I put my phone down and I walk out away, I think it's like a um, geofence. You can, I think you can maybe even set the, the, the distance of the geofence. I'm not sure, but definitely like if you're at home, and you've um, selected and recognized that your device is at home, if you then get in the car and drive away, you'll get a notification on your watch saying, hey, uh, you may have left your phone behind. You know, So that's just another way Apple is trying to, of course, protect their investment, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, give you a little bit of heads up if you are, in fact, you know, leaving your phone, you know, whether it be at work, whether it be in the car, whether it be, you know, wherever the case may be, you know, you, that's a these phones are getting expensive. So, you know, the fact that you can actually do this, you know, definitely is a benefit. So that is my hookup for the week. Uh, you can definitely use separation uh, alerts on your Apple devices to remind you or let you know if you have, in fact, left a device behind. So other than that, if you don't have anything else, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Snob OS. Please, please, please download, rate and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Simply by you downloading the show, it helps our statistics by rating and reviewing the show. It pushes our podcast a little bit higher to get better discovery. Uh, you can also engage with us on Twitter. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SnobOSCast. You can watch us on YouTube. We'll be putting clips up of all of our popular uh, portions of the show on YouTube. You can find us at SnobOSCast. Same thing. Be sure to like and subscribe. Get notified when we upload new clips. Uh, You can leave comments and suggestions and just talk with our community. One way you can do that is going to SnobOSCast.com. Another way is shooting us an email with SnobOSCast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, click on our community and you can actually join our chat community on discord um you can also support us financially you know definitely uh you know we'll accept all donations the main way you can do it (laughs) is by (laughs) going to patreon.com forward slash snobwestcast for three dollars a month tier you get access to the live show you get access to exclusive content for five dollars you'll get access to exclusive content the live show You'll get access to an audio feed of our exclusive content early, and you'll get access to a special channel inside of our Discord uh, community where we talk just to our Patreons. Uh, finally, if you just want to do a love offering of a dollar or two, you know, 
throw us a little something on the side you can give us a love offering by going to paypal if you go to paypal.me forward slash snob os you can do that there again uh we will check in next week hopefully i won't have a new apple watch or hopefully i will <laughs> i don't know we shall see will there be new <laughs> apple watches or not we don't know until then we are out peace bye